Today on the newscast, tensions are rising between Russia and Israel over Ukraine and Jerusalem. Find out why Vladimir Putin is backing the Palestinians. Next. Folks, Eric Stackelbeck here. Welcome to the Watchman Newscast. A very tense situation in Israel right now. Overnight, for the first time in months, Israeli fighter jets struck targets inside Gaza. Now, the airstrikes followed a rocket that was launched out of Gaza. It was shot down by Israel's Iron Dome missile defense system off the coast of Tel Aviv. But when these incidents happen, rockets and terror coming out of Gaza, Israel holds Hamas responsible. Remember, Hamas rules Gaza with an iron fist, so the Israeli Air Force struck Hamas positions inside Gaza overnight. The rocket may very well have been launched by the other Iranian-backed terror outfit operating in Gaza. That would be Palestinian Islamic Jihad, but Hamas is the big boy there in Gaza. They are the ultimate authority in the Strip, So Israel naturally holds them responsible. Now, we are approaching the one-year anniversary, of course, of Israel's war with Hamas in Gaza, 11 days last May, May 2021. And as we approach that anniversary, we're seeing many of the similar signs that we saw in the run-up to that last war. It's all about Jerusalem, folks. Hamas is painting itself as the defender of Al-Aqsa, the Al-Aqsa Mosque atop the Temple Mount, where Over the past few days, we've seen clashes. We've seen hundreds of Palestinian rioters use the mosque essentially as a weapons depot and store rocks and all sorts of projectiles, bottles, firecrackers inside the mosque, which they have used to attack Israeli police and worshipers below at the Western Wall. So an absolute tinderbox atop the most coveted piece of real estate in the world, the Temple Mount. And by the way, Hamas has been inciting these rioters atop the Temple Mount. And in comes Vladimir Putin, the Russian president who's facing obviously a great deal of international condemnation on his own right now, is now weighing in, at least privately, with Mahmoud Abbas, the president of the Palestinian Authority. The two leaders held a call yesterday. And according to the Palestinian readout of the call, Vladimir Putin strongly condemned Israel over what's happening on the Temple Mount in and around the Al-Aqsa Mosque, and he pledged support for the Palestinians. Now, folks, a little bit of background here. Russia, from the Soviet days until today, the post-Soviet days, has been a staunch supporter of the Palestinians. So on one hand, this isn't really surprising, but on the other hand, Putin is playing a game here, not only with his condemnation of Israel over Jerusalem, but also his condemnation of Israel over the Golan Heights, which just about a month ago, a deputy Russian ambassador to the UN said that Russia does not recognize Israeli sovereignty over the Golan. They believe that is the property of Bashar al-Assad and the Syrian regime, Russia's good friend and ally. So whether it's the Golan, which to some is a disputed area, but which common common sense says is Israeli through and through. The Jewish people were in the Golan Heights over 2,000 years ago, and the remnants of dozens of ancient synagogues have been found there to prove that point. It's also a vitally strategic area, the, the high ground, and Israel will never give it up. Nonetheless, Russia is calling for Israel to give it up and also uh, weighing in against Israel 
over Jerusalem. And this isn't the first time when it comes to Jerusalem, by the way. I said Putin is playing a game. It's a very dangerous game, folks. It's really not a game. And it's a response by him to Israeli condemnation of his behavior and what he's doing in Ukraine. Now, Israel has walked a very delicate line here, as we've talked about here on the newscast over the past few weeks. By the way, if you've missed any of our analysis here, you can subscribe and click the notification bell so you get alerts every time a new video is posted. So Putin is saying, okay, if you're going to criticize us over Ukraine, then we're going to criticize you uh, over the Golan, over Jerusalem, over Judea and Samaria. And that's exactly what he's doing right now. Now, Israel, again, with that delicate balance, uh, Naftali Bennett has been very careful not to criticize Putin over Ukraine, at least not publicly. He has met with Putin in, in recent weeks and tried to play a mediator role between Russia and Ukraine because Israel has good relations with both countries. It seems that that has kind of been put on hold. Uh, we haven't heard much about Bennett as mediator in recent weeks. But nonetheless, the fact that Israel has held back from heavy criticism of Russia over Ukraine is due strictly to Syria, folks. And the Russian presence in Syria, thousands of Russian troops at Israel's doorstep, aligned with Iran and Hezbollah and the Assad regime, aligned with Israel's mortal enemies. And Israel needs freedom of movement in Syria to strike against Iran and Hezbollah, weapons, shipments, like drones, like precision-guided missiles, PGMs for short. We've talked about them a bunch here on the newscast. And Israel is very concerned that a day is coming where Russia will say, Israel, we will no longer allow you to operate freely in Syria. The airstrikes, hundreds of them, by the way, that Israel has carried out over the past few years against Iranian assets there in Syria, Putin could very well say the airstrikes are over. If you want to hit Iran now in Syria, you'll have to go through us. That's what Israel has been concerned about. And they've been playing this not a game, but they've been striking, I should say, a very delicate balance. Yes, Bennett has met with Putin and, and with, withheld public criticism of the Putin regime. But Yair Lapid, the foreign minister of Israel, has pretty fiercely criticized Russia uh, over the past several weeks for war crimes in Ukraine. And Russia doesn't like that. Surprise, surprise. And Lapid was blasted by the Russian foreign ministry last week. They called it anti-Russian rhetoric. And of course... There it is. They slammed Israel over the Palestinian issue. This is where it's going. I don't see how, I know that Israel has been trying to, trying to strike this delicate balance, folks, with Russia over Syria, and it makes sense, but I don't see that this can last long term. I think eventually, as things continue to escalate in Ukraine, uh, Israel is being forced more and more to take a more vocal stand against what Russia is doing. And guess what? Russia is not going to like that one bit. It is going to increase tensions between Israel and Russia. We saw this coming on the newscast a while back, even before the Ukraine war, with persistent Russian criticism by various Russian officials over those Israeli airstrikes in Syria. The Russian ambassador to Syria said last month that Israel is trying to provoke a response from Russia in Syria. So, the writing has been on the wall that this isn't going to last forever, this ability of Israel to operate freely in Syria with not a peep out of Russia. Russia has been, again, uh, more and more critical of Israeli actions in Syria. And although Russia and Israel and both sides say this, 
They maintain this so-called de-confliction arrangement where Israel basically gives Russia a heads up, it seems, before conducting airstrikes in Syria, says, hey, we're going in, and Russia stands by and lets them do it. But how much longer will the prideful Vladimir Putin allow Israel to wallop his allies, Iran, Syria, Hezbollah, inside Syria, under the noses of Russian troops, essentially? And not only that, folks, keep this in mind, Vladimir Putin now needs allies more than ever, which means he's going to cleave even closer to Iran and Syria, who are two of the only regimes really in the world, along with China, North Korea, and a few others, that have stood by Putin during this invasion of Ukraine. So he's looking at Syria and Iran as staunch, staunch allies. And eventually those allies may say to Vladimir Putin, hey, why are you allowing Israel to basically bomb us whenever they please and leave us hurt and degraded? You're supposed to be our ally. Why are you allowing this? And eventually Vladimir Putin could say, you know what? I'm not going to allow it anymore. Vladimir Putin sent a letter this week, apparently, to the Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett demanding that Israel uh, hand over control of the Alexander Nevsky Church in Jerusalem. Now, this was a church built in the late 19th century. It was under Russian control for a time. It is adjacent to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in the old city of Jerusalem. And Russia wants it back, and they want control. About two years ago, there was an Israeli-American, you may remember this case, folks, who was detained in Russia Uh, on drug charges. Long story short, she was let go. But one of the conditions, apparently, for her release, and this was under Benjamin Netanyahu, the former Israeli prime minister, was that the Alexander Nevsky church, control of it, be handed over to Russia. Now Putin is saying, I want it, and I want it now. And he sent a letter to Naftali Bennett saying as much because an Israeli court held it up a few months ago and said, no, the church can't be handed over. It's become a legal matter. Putin and the Russian regime are not happy about it. So another flashpoint, and again, all coming back to Jerusalem, the Alexander Nevsky Church. We're keeping a close eye on that as well. I mentioned the prophetic sense. Look, folks, it's no secret. We've talked about it many times here in the newscast. Ezekiel, the book of Ezekiel, chapters 38 and 39, talk about a latter days confederation that comes against Israel. I believe that that confederation most likely will be led by Russia, a nation to the uttermost north of Israel, which is what Ezekiel describes it as, the War of Gog and Magog. Funny name, I know, but very important. And it seems that the prophetic chess pieces are moving on the board right now in that regard. So it is no surprise to me at all that Russia is turning more and more, I I wouldn't use the word hostile yet, but tensions are rising between Russia and Israel. And again, it may be inevitable with what's going on in Ukraine, what's happening in Jerusalem right now, but this is the way it's going to go more and more in the days to come, I believe. So keep this situation in your prayers, folks. Hey, we're talking about Russia and Ukraine and the Jewish people, and and many Jews are leaving Russia and Ukraine right now. And all this comes as Jews around the world are observing Passover, which ends on April 23rd. Now, this year's Passover is difficult, not only because of the ongoing terror wave against Israel and Hamas-inspired riots on the Temple Mount. 
it's also extremely difficult for Ukrainian Jewish refugees who've left everything behind because of the war. Now, a great organization called Mayor Panim that we're proud to partner with here on the Watchman Newscast is stepping into the gap and helping these refugees at this very important time of the year. Here's more on what they're doing and how you can help. Take a look. Passover is the holiday of freedom. It marks the Jewish people leaving their suffering in Egypt to be a free people in the land of Israel. Today, another group of Jewish people are fleeing their suffering to return to Zion. I'm talking about the Jewish refugees of Ukraine. Just like the ancient Israelites, many of them had to flee in exile, leaving everything behind. That's why many Jewish refugees from Ukraine can't afford to eat this Passover holiday. But you can change that by supporting Mer Panim. Mer Panim is Israel's premier restaurant-style soup kitchen providing warm meals for Israelis who can't afford them. This year, the team at Mer Panim is working to ensure that each refugee celebrates their freedom with a festive Seder meal. Don't let them go hungry this Passover. Show your support by donating to Mer Panim today. Folks, I see partnering with Mayor Panim as fulfilling that biblical mandate laid out in Genesis 12:3 to bless Israel and the Jewish people. So I encourage you to support their great work. I'll be back with you tomorrow. Until then, thanks for joining us today. God bless you. And remember, never hold your peace.